0: everybody. It's good to start out uh, in the morning with hearing something like that, knowing that God is good and each of us are loved. Um, We are loved by a God that is so amazingly full of love, so amazingly able to transform us and to bring us into new places that we never experienced before giving us new perspectives on things that are joyful uh, and new perspectives on things that are difficult and hard and keeps us in place of mourning. But just know that God brings us new perspective and gives us a full and rich life in the midst of all those things. So we welcome you. Uh, We welcome our friends online and say good morning to you want you to know that if you have any prayer requests you can send them in on Facebook and we'll pray along with you all week Uh, and uh, we'll also be receiving communion together in a little bit so make sure that you put together uh, some bread and some juice or whatever you have at home so online we say good morning and
1: good morning uh, good morning all right our call to worship is from Psalms 29 and um, if you like you can read with me Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders, the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all say glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Amen, amen, amen.
2: Kelly and I are going to lead us in our communion liturgy today. We're going to read back and forth, and then we'll end um, where it says all. We will all read together. God of creation, you are made known in your great works. All of our senses delight in the beauty around us. From dust you formed us, and to dust we will return. And just as you breathed the breath of life into us, so that breath, our soul, will be restored to you.
3: Jesus, you took on humanity to make theology real. You showed us a new perspective, God's perspective, of this world. In your life, you helped us to understand what it means to believe. You showed us what it looks like to walk in paths of righteousness. In your feeding and healing, you sat your people in green pastures, feeding them the bread of life and leading them to living water. You restored their soul. You restore our soul.
2: Holy Spirit, you are, you are also the one whose presence at this table makes it more than just a few pieces of bread and cups of grape juice. We pray that once again you would make this the bread of life in the cup of the new covenant, bringing us together in the house of the Lord, in this life and the one to come.
3: Jesus was both the receiver and giver of hospitality. He ate and drank with all people, offering himself to them. In the same way, at one of these meals, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks for it, broke it and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body broken for you.
2: Likewise, Jesus took the cup, Gave thanks and offered it to the disciples, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant, my blood poured out for you. Jesus has prepared this table so that all who seek him would know the covenantal love of God's goodness and mercy. And together we'll say, Good and merciful God, we pray that our theology would be more than words, as it is made real in our lives. May this meal nourish our bodies and souls so that we might live in service to the world around us, to your glory. Amen. We invite the communion servers to come up, and for you to come and receive communion. So if you follow
4: uh, the lectionary passages, you'll find that today is the account of Jesus' baptism. And um, I think it's fascinating that Jesus submitted his human body to humans when he was fully God. Just think about that for a minute, because that is the story of God in your life, that God is continually coming to you, and we are either saying yes or no. And on this day, with that passage, when Jesus came up out of the baptism waters, the heavens opened up, and it, the, the voice of God came from heaven saying, this is my son, In whom I'm well pleased. And from that scripture, um, we saw that Jesus was the firstborn of many sisters and brothers, is what the scripture tells us. And so there was a prayer that I learned um, from Henri Nouwen uh, in the book called Spiritual Direction. It's a wonderful book. Short, short power-packed. And one of the prayers is called, you are beloved. And it starts, it's just three simple movements. It can take you as long as 30 seconds or 30 minutes, just depending on where you are in the day. And the first movement is to look up to heaven and to say, Jesus, you are the beloved. And then to look within this tabernacle where the Holy Spirit lives and say, Your name, everyone say your name out loud, Claire. You are the beloved. I am the beloved. And then the last movement is to open your arms out and to say, We are the beloved. And then you bring in everyone into your mind that the Holy Spirit brings. It might be somebody you saw on the news. It might be somebody that is your enemy, your best friend, whoever it is. And you say, we are the beloved. And what happens when you practice those three movements regularly? Jesus, you are beloved in awe and reverence. I am beloved in reality of who you are and we are the beloved, the expansion in your heart is phenomenal. And the new neural pathways you're developing in your brain because of practice where you are othering people where they couldn't possibly be part of the beloved shrinks. So the good expands, and what is not only unhelpful but even wrong diminishes. So can we practice this together? You can stand or sit, and you can do it as I'm doing it or just let your own mind's eye. But I encourage you, if you're not the kind of person who wants to pray like this in public, do it in the shower tomorrow morning. But I encourage you all to practice your faith. There are reasons that God touched bodies or encouraged us to open our hands or our hearts or to stand on solid ground or to lift your eyes toward the heaven. There was something in those movements that actually will expand your humanity into welcoming the movement of God in your life. So can we practice together and just see what God might do for us and those we're praying for? So first, we say, Jesus you are the beloved, Jesus. You are the beloved. And then we turn our gaze inward to the reality of what God says about us. And we say, I am the beloved. I am the beloved. And then opening your arms and allowing whoever the Holy Spirit brings to your mind right now, let them all come in. We say, we are the beloved. We are the beloved. Amen, amen. Now go greet somebody and say, God is faithful and strong in your life.
0: well my friends while we're continuing to greet let's pray together Uh, let's pray together for our offering for the continued works of this church and let's pray for our children and our teachers as they are uh, getting ready to head upstairs and learn lots of great things and learn about ways to care about one another to have empathy for one another and to love God so let's pray God, we first pray for our kids and our amazing teachers, volunteers. God, we pray your blessing upon them. And we pray that you open the hearts of both the kids and the adults as they grow together upstairs and as they learn so much more about who you are in their lives. And we thank you for that. And God, we thank you as we give into this offering for the continued works of what you're doing throughout the world and throughout this region. God, bless it, multiply it, bless the families that are giving the individuals and bless our ability to touch the lives and heal the lives of more people. And it's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we all pray. We say together, amen.
2: Crossroads. Um, We're so excited to be together today, and I just want to let you know a few ways you can connect socially, you can grow personally and spiritually, and serve in the church this upcoming month. If you're new, we want to say hello. We're so glad you're here. We would love to meet you and hear a little bit about how you walked through the doors this morning um, and start a relationship with you. If you're online, um, you can follow the QR code that's going to come up on the screen, and there's a quiz that helps you kind of discern what's most relevant as far as our opportunities for you here at Crossroads, what might you be looking for in a church, and what might we might have um, to meet that need. Um, If you're here in person, we have a Next Steps kiosk back in the back, and somebody's going to be there to greet you, give you a gift, um, and answer any questions you might have. We want to let you know that our food pantry um, is tomorrow. We're so excited to serve Um, people with food insecurity in our community. And if you want to volunteer, it starts at 5.30. We start unloading the truck around 4. So whenever you can come and help, we would love some extra hands if you're able. Um, And if you are in need of food, um, you can come at 5.30 as well. And it will be cold tomorrow, so just, you know, wait in your car. um, before. Don't line up too early. And we wanted to let you know we've been giving updates about giving for the food pantry. This month, people gave $928.65 towards covering our food costs, which goes a long way to helping to support um, the needs. This month was a big month at the food pantry. It was awesome to be here. People getting turkeys for their Christmas dinners. Um, We had about 75 people, families served, um, which is, we're normally in the 50s, so 75 was a huge celebration for us to be able to provide for those families, so our food costs were $1,415 to be able to meet those needs. So if you can continue giving to help support that, it goes so long um, as the price of food continues to be higher than it has been before. And we want to let you know, this month is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, um, which is a great opportunity for us to open our eyes and engage Um, the at the crossroads chapter of the Michigan human trafficking task force which crossroads is a part of um, that is hosted by safe place now um, is going to be hosting an event Um, if you're a professional or an advocate looking for training in the daytime on January 18th we're going to have a four and a half hour training great chance to learn from some local experts in our community how you can connect and serve survivors of human trafficking Um, In our community. And then we're also going to have an evening event, um, which is for community members and especially for parents or people who work with children. Um, It's really about how do we help our kids to form healthy relationships and to talk about some of the myths versus realities about human trafficking here in our community, because these are people who are working in Calhoun County um, who can tell us how to protect our kids. So if you are interested in participating, the nighttime event doesn't require any registration. You're welcome to just come. But we are looking for some volunteers because we're hosting it here at Crossroads. So if you are interested in volunteering during the day or the evening, you can email me at hannah at ccmonline.org, and I can help you find the volunteer slot that might work best for you. And there is a QR code on this, too, if you want to follow it for more information. Oh, that's the welcome page. I'm sorry. That's new. That looks great, Abby. (laughs) Um, And then next, we wanted to let you know um, that our Spring Hill trip for our CR youth, which is middle school and high school, got moved a month earlier. Um, So it's an exciting opportunity, actually, how God works in creative ways. Um, when there wasn't space, the weekend we wanted to go, um, God has done some cool things in allowing more people to actually be able to come a hundred percent of the kids who were going to go, were able to transfer weekends, cool. which praise God, right? Like that is not how schedules work for most of us. Um, so we do have room for four more. Um, so if you have been thinking about Spring Hill or suddenly this weekend works better for you, get with Stacy. If finances are a problem, reach out. We would love to have four more kids go to Spring Hill with us. And then lastly, um, we are going to have Experiencing Crossroads on Sunday, February 4th, and we're actually going to kind of do it in the service together, Um, getting some common language, talking about how does our church... Um, what what would we say we believe as a church? What would we say um, is the vision and the mission? Um, kind of getting on the same page, having some shared language, talking about what we really believe Crossroads is called to be in this community. Um, so you're going to want to be here that Sunday as we go through that together. But we're also going to have a coffee hour afterwards um, because everything at Crossroads is a conversation and it should have questions. And so we're going to have uh, time for questions and comments, and thoughts um, up in the cafe after the service if you want to mark that on your calendar. So thanks so much for being here, and I'm going to hand things over to Pastor Scott.
4: Thanks, Actually, going to hand them over to me first. Okay. So we have a special gift. So uh, Jaquil and Devin and Isaiah are going to pass something around. This is a homemade gift from Scott, and you'll find out why you're getting it during the message. So.
5: <laughs> That's right. This is some of my crafty work. Those of you that haven't received it yet haven't had a chance to laugh. So, as, as the laughter will trickle, I'll know what that's about.
4: Did you put this electrical tape on the ends, too, all I by did. yourself? I did. Look
5: at you. Yeah. This
4: Otherwise, was love. the ends
5: were going to fray.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, I thought. So, this is so. what you
4: were doing in the middle of the night.
5: Well, it was one of the things,
4: <laughs> other than preparing <laughs> This the
5: is what we do. <laughs> anyway, good morning, everyone. I'm looking forward to that experiencing Crossroads on a Sunday morning. In 20 minutes, we're going to tell you everything that we believe around here. Uh, Actually, we can do that in about six minutes. (laughs) Only kidding. We'll get it done. They'll just make sure I don't speak as much. So my clock is on, so I'm going to get going this morning. Anyway, uh, I feel like I want to say Happy New Year. I was here last Sunday, but... um, Sean spoke, it was awesome and beautiful, great way to start out. I need to interrupt you. The <laughs> I got a lot of interrupters today. They're all, they're all beautiful people. Let's hear it for Matt. Let's hear it for Claire. Everybody interrupting. <laughs> obviously, obviously God might not want me to say what I'm about to say. So if anybody, any other rebuttals or uh, in, anybody have a praise report? Hopefully you have some phrasing, we used to joke around when uh, Claire and I first gave our lives to Christ. Uh, we knew our pastor. He—I don't want to. I'm going to get off subject, but I don't want to. But anyway, here goes. Um, like we were in this really, really uh, small church, but it was an exciting place to be. A lot of young people, and uh, we're meeting in a gym. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But our pastor, we knew. It was going to be a rough Sunday when literally he would get up some Sundays and say, uh, we're just going to do praise reports this morning. Because we just knew that, you know, he was overly worked and unable to uh, have time in Scripture. So uh, we still want to hear everyone's praise report, but it would be like we'd look at each other like, well, Randy didn't have a chance to read his Bible last night or yesterday or whatever. (laughs) Anyway... I'll at least give you scripture. Um, let's stand. I want to read Mark 2. Uh, we're going into a series, a new perspective. We're going to be looking next several weeks at, um, in the gospel, some of the uh, interesting ways that Jesus' life really transformed the way life was happening uh, in those days and transforms our lives as well, right? Um, So, anyway, Mark chapter 2, verse 1. You can read along if you want to. Um, Thank you. Okay, there we go. Uh, It's magic. Anyway, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. All right, so let me just say this. After a few days, so like Jesus' full-on miracles are happening. The miracle that happens right before this is he prays for a leper to be healed he gets healed and it 's kind of an interesting story He sends him, he sends the leper to the priest, which was a normal old testament ceremonial uh, process when a leper would be healed it had to be proven by the it had to be kind of auth, authenticated by the priest. there was a whole ritual they would go through and <laughs> it 's great, and it says in that scripture it says in Jesus kind of really clearly told him, don't tell anybody, go just to the priest. And I think the guy was like, you know what? That old system's not working for me anymore. So the scripture says he just goes and like starts telling everybody except the priest that he's been healed. I love it. Anyway, they gathered in such large numbers that there is no room left. So people are hearing about all this awesome stuff going on, not even, the, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Now remember, there's no Bible yet. So this is all kind of what would be called rhema. It's just Jesus by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He's speaking the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Verse four. Since they could not get to him... to get him to Jesus because of the crowd they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on and when Jesus saw their faith he said to the paralyzed men, son your sins are forgiven now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves why does this fellow talk like that he's blaspheming who can forgive sins but God alone immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that that's what they were thinking in their hearts and he said to them Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. How awesome is that? This amazed everyone, do you think? And they praise God saying, we have never seen anything like this. So God, this morning, I think for all of us, that would be a great cry in our heart. To see something so amazing. Something that we could say in our lives and in the lives of our friends, our family, our coworkers, our fellow classmates, whoever we are connected with, our neighbors, that they would experience and we would experience your goodness and be able to say, we have never seen anything like this, no matter how many times we've said that. We ask that we could say that again, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. So, I want you to imagine this story for a minute. We're going to be kind of just walking through it here and we're going to actually give real uh, close attention to these four friends um, and obviously what Jesus does and this tearing off of the roof. Um, I promised last week uh, that I was going to go over some things. We kind of launched a giving initiative. It was Uh, I think the last Sunday of October. And of course, at the end of the year, we always do different giving initiatives, but this was different. Uh, It was specifically around some things that we want to address and continue to address in the church and then kind of move us into the future. And um, I promised that I was going to just say how that went. It's been going really great. Uh, Now, this is in addition to what you, since the end of October, in addition to what you normally give, this is the closest number we can come up with because some of you gave extra and we we might not have been able to see that because it wasn't designated, but what we know for sure is this was the this was the amount that was given, $46,710 since the end of October. How about that? That's pretty awesome, right? In addition to that, uh, one of the things that uh, Claire and I had done, Claire and I, uh, just to give you just a heads up, since 2009, Claire and I have been taking voluntary pay reductions or uh, benefit reductions, whatever, um, as staff members of the church. And that's really been our heart. Our heart is to one day that Crossroads wouldn't compensate us in any way. And um, Claire came to me and made the suggestion when we rolled this out to, or shortly before we rolled this out, to possibly take a 50% pay reduction um, in addition to the things we've done in the past. And I said, well, I think, I think you probably should go back and pray again and see if that's really what God wanted. No, we felt good in our spirit, um, and we have done that, and that's been having a great effect um, So it's not just around money, but serving, and of course we had the chili cook-off and the money that was raised in there, yep. So there's just these awesome things, and um, it's interesting because I was kind of tentative around some of the stuff when we rolled it out at the end of October, and uh, God spoke to me one thing specifically about it, and God said, you all take care of what you can take care of, and I'll take care of what I can take. For what I, I will take care of, not what he can, not what God can take care of, because that 's a little different than what God will take care of, right, um, because we know God could do anything, um, so it 's really specific, so anyway that that just landed really good, so this was the end of October, literally a few days into November, uh, and most of you won 't even remember this, there was kind of a bad storm. It didn't seem like a really bad storm, but you've been pulling into the parking lot perhaps and you keep seeing these blue tarps on the roof. Like, what the heck, you know, is the building falling apart? Well, we had two trees go down on the building, uh, on the children's end of the building, and it was a night when nobody was around, fortunately, so we thank God for that. Um, but uh, one of the, both of the trees went down on the children's end. One went down uh, on the flat roof that we have, and another one went down on another section and actually penetrated the roof so that's why the tarps have been there we've been talking to the insurance company and stuff anyway um we had somebody come out a roofing company come out to take a look at it initially uh as we started to have a conversation with the insurance company and the first Wait, ro- I
4: have to interrupt you here so you got to tell the part when we pull in the driveway. It's before yeah. any of that. So yeah, like I,
5: that... I, I do have that in my notes. But you, but...
4: you missed it. It's not chronologically okay. correct.
5: All right, then you, te- you tell that part. So what was awesome.
4: really cool was, um, so we got hit.
5: <laughs> that was cool.
4: <laughs> by the storm. And um, we pulled up in the driveway. I Anthony told me I have to stand on here. Yes. Okay, so... Where are you? Okay. And so we pulled into the driveway and we see the trees on the roof, and I say, Oh, praise God, we're about to get a blessing.
5: Mm-hmm. Yes.
4: Right? Exactly. It was not, oh no, right. at all. No. We looked at each other, we're like, Praise God, I think we're about to get a blessing. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Now you can pick the story. All
5: right. Thanks. I'm telling you. <laughs>
4: Very important part of the story.
5: I, I love it. Anyone else? <laughs> So it really I was getting out of whack chronologically wasn't I So yeah Claire said that and then so we start this process the roofing the first roofing company comes out and they look at it and they say this is a lot worse than you think the trees through the roof those are like nothing you have so much wind damage on this roof like all the roof all over the place and they said in our opinion the whole roof, need, all the roofs need to be replaced. So of course, you know, it's like, well, we'll tell the insurance company that, and they'll, you know, of course tell us, forget it. So the insurance company, we, we submitted that, reputable company, submitted that, and then they said, we're gonna bring a third party in that, that evaluates these things for us. So they brought in the third party, uh, and uh, I met with the guy that was coming in to do, to look at the roof, and he starts walking on the roof, and he stops me pretty early on, and he said, uh, this is remarkable damage on this roof. And he said, I, he said, it's almost hard for me to believe. It's like this building, these roofs, most of it has been hit by, a, like, hurricane winds. And he said, there's nothing around you, no other buildings that show any damage on any property around here. We don't have any other reports like this. It's like a hurricane hit the top of your building. Now, he said, I'm, there's damage on the shingles that, um, he said, you know, you could argue that maybe some were installed improperly. He says, but I've never seen this except for in a hurricane, this kind of damage. So we are in the process of basically getting almost a total new roof on all of the property. The insurance company has signed off on it. They're all for it. They were surprised as we were. But that is a miracle. You all need to know. Yeah, that's a miracle. It is. It is. An
4: act of God.
5: It is. It's an act of God. Like, I wonder when I read this story about this roof here, like, who's the homeowner in in Mark 2, right? Like, who's the homeowner? And, of course, you could easily say it's an act of God when Jesus is in the room. Right? Like, Jesus is in the room. Of course, the hole in the roof is because of Jesus. So, of course, State Farm covers that. We don't have State Farm here. But anyway, um, but it just started to make me think back to God saying, I will take care of what I take care of. Now, you guys need to understand, it's a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of damage on the roof. And you're going to begin to see them doing work on the roof, And it's a miracle. And we needed a new roof. Well, the building, the oldest part of our building is 25 years old. Actually, 28 years old now. So those of you that own a house, that's when you try to sell it. Anyway.
4: (laughs) Or pray for an act of God.
5: Right. But that's remarkable. But anyway, back to this unique story of these four friends with this incredible faith. And I want you to begin to believe For God to do incredible things for you and your friends. So you've got this unique story of these four friends. So they hear, they begin to hear about the teaching that Jesus is doing and how people are awestruck by it. They're hearing about the amazing miracles, which I always think that when, even when I say it, I think, well, that's like redundant, isn't it? Like, aren't miracles amazing by definition? But uh, the Bible, actually, in in the book of Acts, uses the term extraordinary miracles. So there seems to be different levels of miracles. But it's really awesome because they're hearing this story, and these four friends immediately start to think about their friend. Because, listen, we know that they all have needs, right? And they think, what would be possible if our friend could meet Jesus? Jesus. And then they realize the only problem is is Jesus is par- or the, that this guy is paralyzed and Jesus isn't going to be in his house. Jesus is going to be in somebody else's house. So they immediately start to, to work on how do we get our friend to Jesus? Somehow they make, uh, maybe out of the mat that he's been living on for years, they make this makeshift kind of carrying stretcher, basically. Somehow they figure, well, we need to have ropes to carry, or maybe the ropes were already on there, but somehow they're going to get their friend because they think, if I could just get, out, if we can get our friend into the presence of Jesus, who knows what might happen. And it's our responsibility to try to help him get there. Now, of course, the stories are going around, and everybody's hearing about Jesus, and the Bible tells us here in Mark 2 that the crowds are like, it's just, of course, they're traveling a lot slower than most because they're trying to carry this guy, so there's no chance for them to get into the crowd quick. The house is full, there might be a courtyard at the house, it doesn't really tell us, but even if there's a courtyard, it's packed. And so they get there with their friend, and right away they're thinking, now what? Now what will we do? Because we can't get our friend in to see Jesus and to be in Jesus' presence. So they start to think, and who knows, maybe they're thinking, well, let's try to walk around the back. Maybe we walk around the back of the house. So maybe they walked around the back of the house, can't get in there, no room there. Maybe the side of the house, maybe there's a window or something. They could try to, like, lift him up so that Jesus could see him. Not enough room to do anything there. Somebody comes up with the crazy idea of, let's go on the roof. There's a roof, let's go up there. And up they go. Somehow they get their friend to the top of the roof. They're on the roof. Now this roof is probably like most roofs in the uh, Middle East there. It's like a flat, maybe has a small pitch, but they would be like patios for them. Think of your deck. It would be on the roof, and, but it was strong enough that people could stand on it, firm enough for that kind of activity. So they're up there, five people, The paralyzed guy and four friends, and they're up there at least. There may be other people up there. We're not sure. But then they're looking around. There's no access hole. There's no way to get through there. And somebody comes up with the idea. One of the friends comes up with the idea of, let's put a hole in the roof and lower him down. So sure enough, they start scratching and digging and punching and stomping and whatever it is. Could you imagine what it must have been like for Jesus and the people inside? Like there's all of this disturbing activity going on, and all of a sudden, now the roof is made of things like clay, straw, there's dirt, sometimes they would grow grass on there and they'd take their goats up on top of a roof to trim it at times. We're not sure what it is, but it's probably those kinds of materials, and all of a sudden this stuff starts falling down. And you can only imagine that Jesus all of a sudden just goes silent, like, you know, Modern day preachers, the, the you know, somebody's uh, cell phone goes off and there's a hush in the crowd when that happens, right? And then you tell them you have, you have to buy pizza for everybody because that just happened. You interrupted. But Jesus probably just goes silent, like, let's see what's going on. Everybody's checking their phone. I love it. Anyway, nobody wants to buy pizza. So, so this you know, they're all looking around and there's debris falling and all of the sudden there's this hole big enough to lower this guy on his mat, four corners with these ropes. They begin to lower him into Jesus' presence. At first, all they see is a mat. Then they see this paralyzed guy And Jesus, the whole while, is assessing what's going on. And at some point, Jesus looks up and sees the four friends. They're sweaty, they're tired, they're dirty, and they are full of expectancy. They have done, as far as they're concerned, What they have come to do, they have lowered their friend in the presence of Jesus. And they are excited to see what's going to happen next. They're in as much awe of the moment as anybody. It's remarkable. So Jesus looks up, he sees these four faces, he sees that they're worn out and exhausted. And he sees their faith, and he sees their hope, and he sees their expectancy for their hurting friend. He realizes these these guys aren't here for themselves, even though they've got needs as well. They're here for their friend. And instantaneously, Jesus forgives the man of his sins and then proceeds to heal him. Not by his faith. Jesus is so impressed with the tenacity and faith of these four people. The scripture clearly tells us he washes away all of his sins and instantaneously heals his body. He stands up, the scripture says, or perhaps he jumps up, he walks out. Imagine this. Like, what would it be like for this guy? Like, is he unsure? Uh, So he's kind of being tentative about his wife, or is he so sure that he's jumping? And he walks out through the stunned crowd. They're all amazed. They begin to praise Jesus. They have never, the Scripture said, seen anything like this before. Four people carried their friend in on a stretcher, but five people will walk home celebrating the power of God. His sins completely forgiven, his body completely healed. It is a clear miracle that was a result of the faith of the friends. The scripture clearly tells us that. Willing to lift him, to carry him, to lower him by rope, and on his mat, to tear a roof off for him, to tear off a roof for him. They had their own needs, but on that day, what needs mattered were their friends' needs. There was no way they were going to miss this. First order of business is my friend has to get in the presence of Jesus. See, the truth is about all of us, is many times God moves in our lives and and does things in our lives just kind of one-on-one, but many times we get so stuck that in order for us and our friends can get so stuck and the people we love can get so stuck, in order for them to get a breakthrough, they need somebody to lower them down through the roof. They need somebody to take care. These friends weren't going to let their paralyzed friend remain stuck. When hope was so close by. Imagine what that walk home was like. Imagine this guy's future is totally different. They're talking about his future, perhaps. They're talking about how their lives are gonna be impacted by what's now happened. They're celebrating that. They're talking about this guy's home life and his family and how they're going to be impacted by all of this. So many things. All things have become new. It's like a whole new situation. You talk about a new perspective. And it's all because of these four friends. When I was going into, when I was in seventh grade, I, uh, the school I went to, um, the elementary school, when, when seventh grade in our school was where we started middle school. And our school district uh, in the Detroit area where I grew up, we had, I think there were like eight elementary schools. And in seventh grade, all these elementary schools would kind of merge together. And I was a pretty introverted kid. And I was doing really well, kind of emotionally and everything I felt like, looking back on it, through sixth grade. But then seventh grade was really hard for me because I I was shy. I was introverted. And I'm trying to meet all these new people and stuff. And I met for the first time... Uh, I, I encountered, or one of the first times in my life, I encountered somebody that was going to blow a hole through a roof for me. His name was Jeff. And we tried out for basketball, and Jeff got cut. And Jeff was charismatic, he was fun to be around, he was confident. My heart broke for him. And I really didn't know Jeff, and this was kind of my first encounter with him, was trying out for basketball. And he got a cut, and it really bothered me because all the teams I had been on up till that point, there was no cutting. So this was kind of my first experience, and I thought, how heartbreaking is that? And he so wanted to be a part of the team. So it started a friendship. I intentionally sought him out, and he connected with me. We connected together, and Jeff, almost immediately I realized Jeff's Jeff's a Christ follower, and that was not my life. And Jeff began to talk to me about things that I never really even had anybody talk to me about before that. Like, he said, my family is praying for your family. At first it thought like, well, my family's going to pray for your family too. You know, like you need it more than we do, right? But then I started to realize that Jeff was going out of his way. He would start to read the scripture with me. He would encourage me. And our relationship began to be centered on having conversation in Christ. Looking back on it, I realized Jeff was digging and scratching and pounding his foot to lower me through the roof just so I would get into Jesus' presence. He tore a roof off for me. Because sometimes people, they need to be carried. They need to be pulled. They need to be pushed. They need to be lowered. They need to be raised up. They need to be encouraged in order to get in God's presence for a blessing. That was seventh grade. In 10th grade, Jeff moved away. I hadn't given my life to Christ. The last conversation I had with him before he moved to Arizona was he went through what's called the Roman road to lead me to Christ. And I told him, I wasn't ready for that. But for over three years, he had been scratching and trying to break that ceiling for me. Claire and I would get married a few years later. Jeff would be the best man at my wedding. Thanksgiving Day this year, this is what Jeff wrote to me. So we still are connected almost 50 years later. And this is what he said. And these are the kinds of things that he has said. Uh, I might need somebody to read this. Anyway, Scotty, I am so grateful for you. You mean so much to me. Words could not explain. God certainly orchestrated our friendship, and he knew we would find a way to bring him glory through it. Yes, I'm sure he appreciated our domination in fast-pitch tennis ball or our mastery of snow football or even our uncanny gifts in wiffle ball or our restraint in full-contact driveway basketball. However, the fact that he took two kids that loved sports, loved Michigan, loved their friends, and gave them even more to share together, which is the redeeming grace and life, giving joy of a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is a supernatural blessing. Scott, you welcomed me to Melvindale, and you treated me like a brother and gave me a team to belong to. I don't tell you enough, but I am so thankful for you and the way you have always loved me. God has blessed us both And we'll continue to use a couple of simple boys from Melvindale to tell others about the story of Jesus. Love you forever. I was reading that and I was thinking about I have been lowered through the roof so many times. Not just by Jeff. Many people in this room have lowered me through a roof. Claire lowers me through a roof about once a week. Here's the question. When I think about and you think about my story or being lowered through a roof, I don't know what your story is. But who might be the Scott in your life? Who might be the person in your life that you can encourage that you can pray for that is just waiting for you to invite them to church to make a call to encourage them to perhaps do a kindness for them maybe it's a co-worker maybe it's a friend in class maybe it's a fr- family member that needs you it could be somebody that's already given their life to Christ but we all need to be lowered sometimes through the roof we just need to get into the presence of Jesus. So, you should have by now gotten this piece of rope. And I wanted you to have it because I don't want to have to give you a whole shingle. But I want you to, I want you to think about this rope. And I want you to begin to think about who can I tear a roof off for? Whose rope am I holding? Who has God put in my life right now that I live with, I work with, I go to school with? And God just simply wants me to be part of this beautiful process of opening up a roof. I think it's prophetic that our roof has a hole in it. And I want you guys, every time you drive in in the next weeks going forward and you see new roof going on, I want you to think, who am I lowering through the roof? But this rope, put it somewhere. Maybe put it in your car. Put it somewhere where you'll see it. And when you see it, I want you to say, I'm going to tear off a roof. There's some people that are needing me to tear off a roof. And I'm going to intentionally try to make sure that happens. I will make myself available for someone else's miracle. And God will take care of the rest. Amen? So, Lord, even now, we pray for ourselves, for one another, and we pray for all of those people that are coming to our minds maybe it's a sickness they have maybe it's they're away from god maybe maybe they're having uh, just emotional or mental struggles maybe they're not doing well in their schooling maybe their career is not going well whatever it is god help us to bring people into your presence help us to invite Help us to realize it's not all ours to do, but there's our, what is ours to do. Let us do it. I pray for strength for myself and for all of my friends here, for those online, that we would tear the roof off, that we'd be able to celebrate with our friends, those that you're bringing to our mind right now. Hmm. <laughs>